Come on in to the home of Dear Hallmark. This is the space where we can unabashedly talk all things Hallmark Channel. From Hallmark movies and mysteries to Christmas movies, whether winter, spring, summer, or fall. Your host Dara here will get you covered with them all. So be sure to grab a drink, take your shoes off, hang your coat up, get comfortable, because we have a lot to talk about here at Dear Hallmark. Let's see what's on this week's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Dear Hallmark. My name is Dara, and I am joined by a very special guest today, you guys. If you are as excited as I am about the Gilded Age Mysteries that is coming out soon, then you definitely want to stick around for our next guest here. We have the author of the Gilded Age Mystery books, Miss Alyssa Maxwell in the home of Dear Hallmark. Alyssa, thank you so much for being here. How are you? I'm great, Dara. Thanks. And, and thank you for having me. And I'd like to say thank you to your listeners for tuning in. Absolutely. So, hi, everyone. Absolutely. So here at the home of Dear Hallmark, first, we love to eat. We love food. And so as an icebreaker question, I wanted to ask you, what is your favorite cozy winter meal? We're still in the cold months. There's still a snap in the air, some snow on the ground. So what is your go-to cozy comfort meal in the winter? Well, at first, I have to say I live in Florida. Oh. So, no snap in the air, especially once in a while we get a little, you know, a little snap to us. You would think, oh my God, it's so balmy. But um, I love soups and stews. Those are my go-to. For, you know, and we actually, we make them here. You know, we love to make a big crock pot, you know, whether it's chicken or beef or, or you know, something a little more exotic and load it up with vegetables and just cook it all day. We love that. What's your favorite soup, either that you like to make or you like to eat? Let's see. Well, um, ooh, we just made one recently that has become my favorite. It's uh, chicken with cherise in a tomato base with vegetables. It's so good. My mouth is, is watering for real. Like <laughs> food right there. I haven't had lunch so yet, so this is great. <laughs> You fell over. Okay. Sorry. No, no worries. Um, I recently just had some New England clam chowder. That's my favorite soup. I I love how thick and hearty New England clam chowder is. That's that's my favorite for sure. For sure, for sure. So Miss Alyssa, tell us a little bit about yourself. Let's just get to know you before we dive into author Alyssa Maxwell. So what was little Alyssa like growing up? Where did she grow up? <laughs> what were her aspirations? What was her personality? Tell us a little bit about your childhood. Okay, well, definitely an introvert. Mm. I still am. So books were, you know, kind of the go-to. Uh, I had friends, but actually most of my friends tended to be like me. We all love to read and and, and um, I we like to write. I moved a couple of times. So we I, you know, letter writing was great. I, I loved writing letters. I loved getting them. Um, yeah, I think I always really wanted to be a writer. Like as soon as I could, 
right <laughs> you know, from an early age. I um I did. I mean, I, I loved to write stories and I kept extensive diaries throughout, you know, my childhood. And I, I really remember by the age of maybe 10 or 11 saying, I want to be a writer. Wow. I had no idea what that entailed, you know. Um, but yeah, the desire to to do that um was was definitely there early and kind of my rock stars as I got a little older were writers. You know, those are the people I really, really looked up to. Mary Stewart, who wrote, you know, the, all the, the Women in Jeopardy books and the Crystal Cave and the, the King Arthur book. She was just my all time favorite, you know, and I thought, wow, if I could do that, <laughs> how great would that be? What, if you could think, what was it about writing that captivated you at such a young age for you to have that strong desire? Yeah, I I think it was that I could express myself so much better in writing. Because again, introvert, I was definitely more on the shy side. You know, I wasn't, I, I spoke up. I, you know, like I said, I had friends. I had a, an active social life at the time. But generally speaking, I was kind of shy. But when I picked up a pen, I could say anything. And I did. You know, I really poured my heart out in those diaries. So, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to explain it. But it, it, I just had an affinity right away. And it felt comfortable and natural to me. I 100% relate to you. I remember as a child myself, I had I was always drawn to language arts didn't know why but like spelling came easy to me it was one of my favorite subjects and I was one who kept journals and um and diaries and who would I would write a lot as well and I I loved books I liked being in my own little world I felt like I was in my own little world when I read a book because like you as when I was younger I was really shy as well but I didn't I'm a writer as well I should tell you I didn't um realize the benefits of writing until I got into college which is what I want to ask you has your view of writing changed or how has it changed if it has since like with you being an adult um and writing as a profession has that changed your view of writing seeing the business aspect of it well, I definitely know now that it is a business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Before you only before you start writing your first book, I think you just tend to look at the creative side sure. and how wonderful that will be. But this one hundred percent is a business, and you have to understand that business, and you have to accept that sometimes things feel unfair. Um, you know, things don't go at the rate that you want it to. You're very much mm -hmm. at the mercy, unless you're self-published. But if you're published, you know, if you want to go the traditional route, you're very much at the mercy of their time speed, you know, their timetables. Um, and you have to understand marketing and how to promote your books and how to connect with people. So it, it really is a full-time job, whether you write physically full-time or not, which I, I think you can't because you do have to do all these other things and keep everything on track. Um, another thing I really learned as, as I um, began writing novels that I didn't understand in college was voice. Mm. And that's something that has developed 
as you know, as an adult, as soon as I started writing, I began to hear that word. And it took me a while to really understand that words on a page, they're not all the same because every writer has their unique voice. And that's something I've developed over a long time, I think. Could you press into that a little more? Um, what, for those who may not be writers, when you say voice, mm -hmm. what do you mean? And then... Could you also explain to us what your voice is and what it sounds like through your novels? <laughs> yeah, voice is the way an author basically is injecting their own personality and their worldview into their writing. Um, because otherwise all books would sound the same, mm -hmm. but they don't. Every writer has a different tone to the way they put words together mm. and the way their characters speak. Even though I try to make my characters all speak differently, mm -hmm. they're still speaking in, in my voice because it's all through my perspective of their lives, their actions and reactions and proaction is all from my worldview. I don't know if I'm explaining that um, in a way that someone who doesn't write will will really understand. But well, for instance, I write. I don't write the way I speak because I write historical. So I try to write more. I really blend it. I don't write completely how people spoke in those days because I think it would be a, a bit stilted for today's readers. And I want. I don't want just history buffs to want to read my books. I want, you know, anybody to want to pick up my book and feel comfortable in it. But even though I'm speaking in a, a somewhat old fashioned tone, it's still, I, I, it's still my personality shaping that tone. Yeah. I don't know. Does that make sense? You know, yeah. can I explain that or do you think? Well, I want to now I want to kind of pivot to the, the history aspect, because with you being a writer, you know, there's different genres of, of re reading. People can just walk into Barnes and Noble and see just how many different, you know, from nonfiction to sci fi to thriller to romance. But you kind of parked into this fusion called historical mystery. And so mm -hmm. I, I want to know. A, how did, because those are two, in essence, those are two completely different genres. There's historical fiction and then there's the mystery, but you fuse them together. So you can touch on either history or mystery here, but kind of how did you find that lane of historical mystery for yourself? I, I, you know, we could also add a, a third label to it. It's historical cozy mystery. Mm, mm -hmm. That's a bit different from a traditional historical mystery too, but we could get into that um, if you want after, after this. Um, history has always been my focus. I just, I love, I love looking back in time, even as a kid, that was one of my interests. I love reading uh, biographies. Um, you know, they were geared toward child readers, but I, I loved um, the early history in our in our country, as well as European history. So I always sought out stories about, you know, hopefully people my age, like girls my age, and what it was like for them to, to live and grow up in past times. 
Now, Newport, of course, is so steeped in history. Mm. I mean, you see examples of the earliest days in this country's history through every period that you can name. Every period had a direct impact on Newport and it's all still there. You see it all in the architecture and in even the layout of the streets. So setting a mystery in that time period was, um, you know, that was really the, the driving force of me wanting to take on the series. Um, so I can just lose myself in those, in those you know, gaslit streets and, you know, the foggy harbor and all of that. So, yeah, I mean, I, it never even occurred to me to write a contemporary anything. I've always written historical. And I had read other historical and mystery authors, and I just, I loved, I loved the genre. You know, again, with a natural fit. Would you say your love for Newport contributed to you kind of parking into this Gilded Age era? Because I know um, HBO Max has a show called Gilded Age that I'm obsessed with. And so when I heard that this movie, um, Hallmark was doing Gilded Age Mysteries, I completely binged the whole first season. I'm saving the second season since it just came out. I want to kind of like savor it, sip it slowly, you know, nurse it, if you will. Um, but now I've become obsessed with that time period as well. I've been listening to historical podcasts about that period because it's like opened up a new world for me. So for you, Alyssa, what was it like parking in that specific area in time known as the Gilded Age? For, well, one very important factor is the, is that those mansions still exist, a lot of them. Some are gone, but a lot of them are still there. And it's one of the most immediately recognizable aspects of Newport. Mm. When people get off a cruise ship or they arrive in town, usually the first thing they go do is tour the breakers. Mm. So... I, it was kind of tapping into something that is already very familiar and exciting to people. Um, I like to bring other aspects of Newport into the stories, of course, the, the regular people, the, the other parts of town. But I think those mansions are just icons of an era that came and went, mm -hmm. and but really left their mark on, you know, physically and socially. For those who haven't read your Gilded Age mystery series yet, what can they get from the books? Well, if they like a good mystery, first of all, they can get that. They can get a, a strong, uh, determined heroine who, uh, you know, is just focused on seeing justice done in her town because she's she, like my husband who was born and raised in Newport and whose family goes back in Newport for generations. Mm -hmm. That's Emma's story as well. So it's very personal to her. You know, she's, she's kind of like the champion of, of Newport. Um, they will also get, I think some his, you know, they'll get some history it's not historical fiction, as you said, so it's it's not going to be uh, steeped in real events, but real events do um, provide the framework. Uh, for instance, in Murder at the Breakers, the Breakers had just been rebuilt after a fire, so this, this amazing mansion is brand new, and the book 
um, you know, the first big event, there was the first event held in the Breakers in real life, and it was Gertrude Vanderbilt's coming out party. So you do have that, you know, what was going on with these people? What were they like? What were their lives like? Um, I was, I saw it as, um, well, they, they circled the wagons to keep everybody else out of their lives, mm-hmm. you know, to keep the, the riffraff out. Mm-hmm. So I look at it as I'm now opening their doors and, and inviting everybody in through the books to see what life was like. I love that. That's such a beautiful picture. I really appreciate that. Um, so on your website, um, I wanted to ask you about this quote because I think it's it's really cool. You said that it was a love of puzzles that drew you to the mystery genre. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I, I just love any kind of puzzle. I, I always have, whether it's, you know, mazes. I love real physical, you know, mazes with the hedges. I love that. Oh, wow. Yeah. I love to go in anything like that um, or, or anything on paper, Sudoku. When I, I have any kind of stress, that's something I turn to and just do it obsessively, you know, to kind of get my mind off of whatever is stressing me out. Mm-hmm. I, I love crosswords. I'm not great at them. I'm not like, oh, do the New York Times crossword in 10 minutes. But, you know, I, I enjoy them. Let's see. Oh, jigsaw puzzles is is a favorite thing of mine. So it's it's basically you've got pieces or you've got clues and, and you have to put them together just like in a mystery, in a mystery novel. So well, since yeah. you like crosswords, Hallmark does have the crossword mystery series, which would be yeah. and yeah. yes, <laughs> which is a great series with Lacey uh-huh. and Brennan. I love that one. Yes. Yep. Yes, indeed. So now let's talk about how Murder at the Breakers turned into the Hallmark movie that we are about to watch on February 2nd at 9 p.m. Just tell us your thoughts when you got the call that Hallmark was interested in turning your book into a mystery movie. Yes, well, this has been in the works for years, actually. Um, One of the executive producers, James Walsh, just happened to tour the Breakers one day. This is pre-pandemic. And he was walking through the gift shop, as you have to, to exit the building. And he saw saw Murder at the Breakers there for sale. Um, So he thought, you know, I've been looking for something like this for Hallmark. Let me, let me, take it home and, and read it. So he did, he bought the book and he did. And soon after approached my agent with, uh, you know, the idea of let's, let's put a proposal together and, and see what happens. Now, of course, you know, with the pandemic and then the writer's strike and all of that, it got slowed down. There were times when we figured, well, you know, maybe not. They, they did option it, option ran out, they re-optioned it. And then, you know, finally last September, we got the call that guess what? We're we're gonna start filming in a week. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, I was, I was flabbergasted. I couldn't believe it. I, you know, I was like, get out of town. <laughs> no, they're not. But yeah, so it was a lot of waiting and, and really trying not to think about it. I mean, something like this hanging over your head for, you know, three or four years, whatever it was, 
that's not something you want to think about every day (laughs) because you drive yourself crazy and people would ask me I didn't tell a lot of people but a few friends knew and oh have you heard anything no (laughs) and then finally I say yes and I have not stopped shouting it from the rooftops ever since these past few months I've been all over just tell me doctors I mean, I think that's such a beautiful accomplishment to see the written work adapted into a visual art form and just to see your characters and what started up here in your imagination actually being in reality. And you get to see your characters walking around doing the things that you wrote about. Like, I, oh man, I can't, of course you should shout it from every mountaintop in all of Florida. Like, you should. Absolutely. Absolutely. But um, I want to know, have you had a chance to visit the set while they were filming? No, I didn't. Well, first of all, we had such short notice. Yeah. So, and it's also far, you know, I'm in Florida. They're in British Columbia. Okay. So, you know, that it would have been a big pretty big undertaking for me to hurry up and get up there. Um, so no, I, I didn't, didn't get to see the filming. I would have loved to though. I really would have. And, and I would have promised not to make a sound, you know, not to give my opinions or say, Oh, why don't you do this a little bit differently? You know, I, I, I would behave myself. Have you had a chance to see the movie at all yet? I saw an early cut. So I haven't seen nice cleaned up version with the sound, you know, smoothed out and things like that. But it was it's surreal, you know, as you were saying, to see your characters that you you wrote and I've spent 10 years with them now. The the first gilded Newport mystery, Murder at the Breakers, came out in 2014. Wow. So this is you know, my my imaginary family. What a beautiful 10-year anniversary gift. Oh, my word. I know. I'm kind of glad that it did wait this long because it is perfect. It's like... Oh, my goodness. And on top... Yes. But you also have more coming out in the series soon. Am I correct in saying that? Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah. Murder at Vinland comes out in uh, August, on August 20th. And this one is really special to me because the cast is almost t- completely women. Mm. This is a Ladies of Newport book. And I didn't start out to do it that way, but Vinland was owned by Florence Vanderbilt Twombly, who was a very strong personality and had you know strong opinions. And this is the proper way to do things. And you know, you didn't you didn't argue with that. So it just evolved from her personality that I read about into let's just let's let the women really have their say and, and let's see what they're capable of. So I did. Yeah. What an inspiration. Again, I'm a writer myself, so I'm kind of like selfishly putting like filing thing. Okay, I, I hear that. I hear that. I hear that. And putting <laughs> that away for another time. But I want to kind of, as in, like as we're closing out, um, if you could just imagine for a moment writing in any other genre, <laughs> what genre could you imagine yourself writing in? 
Well, this is going to sound a little redundant, but historical fiction, where <laughs> I would take, you know, real historical figures and bring their, you know, their story, their experiences to life it, through fiction, though. So, yeah, yeah I, I'm just, I'm a history girl. I can't help it. It's what I love. You know, I live in this world. So for for fun and therapy or whatever you want to call it, I want to go to that world, whichever time period that world may be in. It's, it's just how I lose myself and what I enjoy. Yeah. Now, do you read other genres outside of historical fiction? Oh, well, I do. Yeah. Yes. I'm not completely mired down in. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I mostly do read mysteries. I like suspense. I, I do read contemporary. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Alyssa Maxwell, I want to thank you so much for coming into the home of Dear Hallmark and just giving us a slice of your life and kind of a peek behind the curtain of not only being an author, but an author with a book to movie adaptation, which we can now add to your resume. How oh. exciting. Um, but before I let you go, I want to give you this moment to really say whatever it is you want to say to the listeners, it is your moment to have. Go ahead. Oh, boy, that's a big one. <laughs> um, well, first of all, I want to say thank you to all everyone who has read these books and embraced them and supported me in them um, through these 10 years. I, I hope that I will keep this series going in a way that keeps you reading. I, I really owe a lot to my fellow writers, to the, the mystery community. I think all writing communities are just so giving and so helpful and so generous. So that's been a huge factor in you know whatever success I've had, I, I do owe a lot to my my fellow authors. Thing. It's the best part of this industry are the friends that you meet through it. Um, I, I think that's it. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying not to be more profound in this moment. I will no. say that I'm I'm very overwhelmed with what's going on in a good way, in a completely good way. It's both exciting and humbling in a weird way. Yeah. I said that in one of my Facebook posts, and one of the actors uh, who plays Mrs. Vanderbilt said, "How I'm surprised you say that to us, you know that that I should, but I am. I'm very humbled to see this happening." And where can people where can people find you on the World Wide Web and in the social media sphere if they wanted to connect with you and what you're doing? Yeah, well, probably the easiest thing to do would be to go to alyssamaxwell.com because all my links are there. But I'm on I'm on Facebook. I have my personal page and my Alyssa Maxwell writing page. I'm on Instagram. I'm I'm still on Twitter, X, whatever. Um, <laughs> I have some Pinterest pages. I'm not very active on that anymore, though. Um, and I'm, I'm also on a, a site on Facebook called Sleuths in Time. So any historical uh, mystery lovers out there, check out Sleuths in Time. And I believe there are seven or eight of us right now, uh, historical mystery authors. Awesome. Well, you guys, all of you listeners out there, you can be sure to check out the show notes for Alyssa Maxwell's website will be in the show notes 
for easy access. But Alyssa, I want to thank you again for coming into the home of Dear Hallmark. It's been such a pleasure. And we are excited to watch Murder at the Breakers. I know I'm excited to watch Murder at the Breakers. And also congratulations on this accomplishment and for all your successes now and future successes to come. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, Tara. This has been fun. And thank you to your listeners. I, I appreciate you all. Thank you. All right, you guys. Well, that's going to do it for me here at Dear Hallmark. She's Alyssa. I'm Dara. And I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Ciao, my friends.